0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Welcome to Believe in Colts. I'm Lawrence Owen. Along with me, as usual, is Dequel Jackson. Dequel, we ain't spoken a week. How have you been? Been great. I've been great. I can't complain. Colts got
0: another W. Uh, Things look to be uh, going smoothly, offensively. Uh, Another great day to talk some football.
1: Absolutely, man. Um, really the Colts now sitting a lot better than they were a few days, uh, a few weeks ago, uh, with two wins in a row against the Jets and the Jaguars, they're now sitting at 500 and only a half a game out of that wildcard spot sitting, mm-hmm. uh, sitting there. They've got some games that are must wins coming up though on their schedule that are sitting ahead of them right yes. now in the AFC wild card or in, in the playoff race, along with the very next game. The Buffalo Bills, and then of course, uh, we got the Raiders and New England that the Indianapolis Colts will right. have to face as well uh, in the future. Those are going to be big time games. We'll get into those when it's time to get to them. But so, did you hear about this fight that's that's you know now out? Uh, mm-hmm. a, a former teammate of yours. Frank. Gore. Oh yes, yes. yes Frank yes, Gore yes, is fighting yes. uh, the NBA guard, ex NBA guard, Darren Williams.
0: I have it marked on my calendar. I tried. Really? You know, I tried to call him. I, I called him the other. What was it the twenty? What day is it? I think it is. So I try to call Frank. I was like, hey man, because Frank, this is what you don't know about Frank, and this is why I think Darren Williams doesn't have a clue what he's going up against. Frank Gore boxes. He's a boxing fan. He loves football, but he loves boxing equally. And in the offseason, he trains with a trainer boxing. He actually promotes and actually has sponsored fighters. He is uh, like this is going to be very interesting. I'm going to make it my business to be there and support. Uh, I think it's going to be uh, I don't know anything about Darren Williams' pass and boxing, but he's up. He's going up against a buzzsaw because I know the fr- the Frank that I know is highly competitive, and this is serious. He's taking this very serious, so I, I'm excited for it. I'm, I'm really excited, but the guy can't sit down. He's just an energizer <laughs> man, a human energizer. He can't sit down, so this is going to be interesting, man. I know it's going to be a pack house. I'm looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, uh, I I had to use it. To kind of get into our sponsor here because you know, our Got sponsor it. is Bet Online, right? Ah, and they have fight yes. odds on this fight, really. Yes, they have <laughs> Darren Williams favored what by 250. Oh, oh no, Frank oh, Gore no. plus 200. Yes, no, no, 71.4 nah. percent in favor of Williams emerging as the victor. So if you believe, if you believe in <laughs> Frank Gore, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this right now yeah. or watching this, go take this bet on Bet Online. Yeah,
0: I think I'm. I think I'm going to do it. <laughs> I need to
1: <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so check this out. Bet Online is that um, that they, they're back, they're better than ever. They got a brand new system. Uh, you could head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive fifty percent off on a welcome bonus for your first deposit, and you just use our uh, promo code Believe Fifty to receive that bonus. And you know they cover basketball, football, baseball, obviously boxing because we're talking about it right now. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm very seriously tempted to go in there and and, and bet on them as well.
0: yeah i'm putting my money on frank i can tell you that right now i i know that guy that guy's a he's a boxing savant you hear me and the guy's committed i don't know anything about darren williams he could be because no one's stepping in the ring without having being in the ring before that's my opinion uh but yeah i'm looking forward to this this is gonna be very interesting all
1: right all right well um what did you see yesterday Mm -hmm. in this game um defensively because honestly, I'm watching this game and it seemed like the Colts were having a lot better time with this Jacksonville Jaguars team in the first half mm-hmm. than what they were in the second because the second uh, the Jaguars were able to rattle off 11 play drives, three mm-hmm. drives in a row mm-hmm. in the second half. What you see there?
0: Yeah, you just said it. The first half seemed it was a tale of two halves. Uh, defensively, if you look at the first half, they pretty much shut down the Jacksonville Jaguars offense. I believe Trevor Lawrence and that offense had maybe two completions uh, by the end of the first half. They, they were, they were our defense was winning the third down, um, you know, percentage third down rate. I mean, it was playing great on third down, but I think the, the D line was able to, to cause some pressure to get, get uh, put, uh, you know, um, guys in front of Trevor Lawrence's face to, to cause him to have inaccurate throws and the second half rolls around and whether it was a lull, uh, I don't know what it was, but you have to be able to, we talked about it before when you're in this position, you have to be able to finish games and, and put games together. You can't afford to have this lull in the third quarter or the second half when Now Jacksonville Jaguars, a team that's very familiar with your roster and your scheme. If you let them hang around, I don't care what their record is. They're going to inch back. And that's just what happened. In my eyes, it was almost like the Colts were itching to to try to give this game away. And I didn't see the same sense of urgency that we witnessed in the first half compared to the second half. The second half was just, thank goodness we were able to hold them off. However, I don't think the score was indicative of how much the Colts dominated this football game. You, you know, from an offensive standpoint, the way we ran the ball, we had our way running the ball. The first play was the indicator how the rest of the game was going to go on the ground with Jonathan Taylor. But defensively, um, obviously, you know, Quidi Pay finally got his half sack. Uh, he had been close, been getting close for, for weeks now. But defensively, uh, I do like overall how they played, but you cannot afford to give up you know, 10, 12 play drives and all, and just have a complete let, not a complete letdown, but almost a letdown in the second half when you're playing an opponent that you're very familiar with and that this is a must win from here on out. And you talk about the next, the upcoming schedule, the bills, the Raiders, New England, you know, those guys are playing well, but we'll hold that off for later. But uh, for the most part, I think this team is in a decent place defensively, but you have to be able to to keep that intensity and keep the pressure on, um, like we witnessed in the first half.
1: Yeah, kind of riding off of that, we had a question. Uh, I'm going to be referring to a lot of Twitter questions that I I, uh, received for today's uh, podcast, so appreciate everybody on Twitter. Um, The first question is going to piggyback off what you just said. It's Mm -hmm. Company of Eagles asks, uh, what's wrong with the defense? They keep letting teams back into these games. It is now an established pattern we jump out to a big lead and then all of a sudden the Colts forget to play defense. What, why? Yeah, it's, why a great it, question.
0: it's a great question because I, I think the DNA of our defense is a zone that zone concept. Right. And I, I, and too many times this year, I've seen us take that lead and then all of a sudden we play a soft to coverage on the back end. And when you should not change the way you're making calls, but you know, there has to be, there has to be a trigger to let guys know hey you know what we're going to keep our foot on their throats we're going to keep applying this pressure we're not going to sit back and allow teams to graciously methodically go down the field and dink and dunk us and it turns into a football game either our units aren't built to withstand that once you get a lead and once you get a lead in this NFL you have to be able to to keep it <laughs> and it's very hard to win games in this league but defensively i've seen it far too too often this year where you know we just sit back and even in red zone we got to apply pressure when we need to play man we don't and i get it we, we we lead the league in turnovers and part of it is due to being able to play a lot of zone and you get the good with the bad but you have to be able to to live with it but you know in zone coverage for instance while i reference, while i made the analogy about our turnovers well it allows all those those you know, everyone on the back end to watch the football wares being thrown as a as opposed to playing with your back turn playing man coverage. So I get the concept of it. You want guys rallying to the football, but it's come back to bite us in the tail sometimes. And we almost witnessed that this past weekend against a, a division opponent.
1: Yeah, my I've always been the uh I've always been a proponent of uh play with what got you there. Right. Same. Um, uh, unless they think unless they figure it out, you know, keep playing with what got you at that point, you know. And, that, um, and
0: that's a tendency of most coordinators. Most coordinators say, you know, now they, they're able to kind of, you know, take a deep breath and let's kind of play the, the 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 quarter and play the play the, you know, the time, the time during the game. I mean, it all plays a part and you see it quite often. It's very, it's very um, a familiar territory. How you know coordinators will kind of pull off the reins a little bit, and then you try to, you know, bring that sense of urgency if the game is, um, you know, the ball game has become a game. But you can't. This team is too young. This team um, has to be able to figure out how to consistently play and apply that pressure for four quarters.
1: We got another question, a bunch of them about yesterday's game. Believe it or not, Good. Uh, Let's Colts, do it. Colts quarterback Andrew Wentz, apparently. Uh, <laughs> Now, I, I think they changed this name because yesterday, when they uh, during, during the pregame, the lady that was uh, on the down on the field reporting actually wow. said Colts quarterback Andrew Wentz, and I was wow. like, What you know, and she didn't catch <laughs> right. it, but you know, right, right, right. Uh, it, it <laughs> but uh, this person asks, Do you think yesterday? was considered like a trap game considering how the offense played, you know, that it wasn't – didn't look like it was ready for the way this defense came out and attacked the offense and how the offense didn't look like they were adjusting very well to how that uh, – the Jaguars defense was was attacking them? No,
0: I, I, th- I think they went into this game. What I saw, the game that I witnessed, I thought it was very – this is the Colts team that we knew them to be. We're going to run the football. If we stay committed, we have a more than capable guy in the backfield – Um, to get us our yards, to make things a lot easier on the play caller and on Carson Wentz and to set up the pass. I thought for the most part, that's who we are right now offensively. And I think, you know, because you're playing Jacksonville Jaguars, they are familiar with bodies. They are familiar with schemes. So this has become a more difficult – anytime you play within your division as well – you know this as well as anyone, Lawrence – it's very difficult. Even the teams that don't have winning records, it's always a pretty close football game. You know, yeah. so I thought for the most part, we saw who we've seen, you know, uh, play this game uh, and how we witness how we win football games. We run the football and we set up the, the, the in the past to set up through that. And we an opportunistic defense where we create turnovers. The last play of the game to win the game, basically the turnover to win the game was off, off of defense. And. Um, you know, I thought it was very indicative of who we are as a football team. I didn't think, uh, you know, obviously you have the ebbs and flows throughout the game. There's some in-game adjustments that needs to, needs to be made. Uh, that could be something that, you know, they could de- do a deeper dive defensively. Why are we, you know, letting teams crawl back into the game? Well, there's, there's a game plan heading into the game, but then there's an in-game adjustments and maybe we need to tighten up in that area and maybe that can solve the issue of uh, just allowing teams to creep back in the football game
1: that is interesting uh nick balfour wants to know what happened to the running game after the first quarter i want to uh jump in and just say hey nick i don't know if you noticed but we had a couple guys who were dealing with injuries uh especially Mm -hmm. quentin nelson during this game uh he went down uh came back in with what i like I, I from looking at the rap he had, it looked like do you re, did you ever watch oh, um uh what was that Ghostbusters, the original yeah. Ghostbusters, right? And yeah. the yeah. Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. It looked like <laughs> the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man's arm was <laughs> wrapped around his foot and ankle. All right. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's how big and, and, and poofed in and that, that kind of rap that was around there. It, it wasn't just tape. It was it was some kind of. Oh, yeah. Rap. They,
0: they, they created some sort of barrier and some sort of device or whatever it is. To, I don't know what the heck it was, but it was something I've never seen before. And I know those trainers over there, whatever. If you want to play and you're healthy enough to play, they're going to make it their business and create whatever they can, some sort of uh, foam wrapper to, to get him to play. But I thought it showed his character, man. Like, the guy is, is committed to to playing for this team, and I know he's had a, a rough start. He's He didn't have a really uh, solid game yesterday due to some injuries, but I thought the run game was decent. I thought the run game at times when we needed it, it, uh, it, was a, uh, it, it showed up. It definitely showed up, and my hat goes off to this O-line. They've been banged up. They've been banged up all year. There's been musical chairs at times. But um, for the most part, Carson Wentz is playing. You know, you have those erratic throws every now and again. And I'll say it again, 20 to 30 throws for him, man, is in his wheelhouse. And if you can run the ball and anything past that, I know through the ball 34 times. But um, it just doesn't it, – it's mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing to see him make just – Boneheaded throws like that—it's uh, just a head scratcher. I, I don't understand it. And and when he does it, I know I'm jumping off, uh, you know, uh, conversation here. But when he does it, it's like there's no reason to to do it. Take the sack. You're up seventeen to six. There's no point. There's no reason to try to underhand and throw the ball with your left hand. Uh, it just doesn't make any sense to me. It really doesn't. <laughs>
1: uh, I assume you're talking about that shuffle pass to Jonathan yes. Taylor. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That was. You just hold your breath. It's like, oh, no. Here we go. Again. Oh, I, well, 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 he caught it and then gets cremated by the defensive lineman yes. right behind him. Yes. Uh, but but Wentz said he thought that Taylor was wide open and he technically was at the time. But the defensive lineman was able to see when, because it took so long for Wentz mm-hmm. to switch the ball to his hand and then right. kind of right. shot put it out to him. That it gave the it gave the defense plenty of time to close in there. Yeah, it's just and it was it's, it's, it was it's a little worrisome. He seems to do that about once a game. Yeah, it's just no
0: need to. <laughs> you you have the momentum. There's no need. You're up 17-6 at the time. And a guy's you're a guy's hanging on to you, a defensive lineman. Take the sack. Live to see another day. But that's just me.
1: Yep. Brad Clemens says, uh, do you think that the offensive play calling got complacent after the 17-nothing lead?
0: It was kind of, uh, you know, that 17-point lead could, was sort of misleading. You know, you get a block punt. You know, every team goes into a game with a 15- or 20-play script. And I think things got uh, a little rocky. Uh, things got a little tilt, tilted. You know, when you you, you score on defense, you don't, you don't anticipate that. And now you're trying to, you know, work on the things that you talked about all week offensively. This is what we're going to do. But then, you know, things happen. It goes back to the point we just made, you know, in-game adjustments, being able to adjust on the fly and um, still not abandon your your uh, game plan going into the game. So, I mean, we can nitpick if we want, but I think the game changes. You have to call the game based on the game, uh, based on where you are in the game. And I think we ran the ball for the most part. We didn't need to, you know, take chances down the field. We can run our bread and butter plays something that all the guys are familiar with. And guess what? When you run the football, it makes things a lot easier to, to, to throw the football down the field. And I thought it, I
1: thought we, we did okay in that area. Yeah. Um. The, the, the only issue is um, things change throughout the game, right? Like you're talking about mm. the ebb and flow of the game. And yeah. when, when, Sometimes when you run the football and you know the Colts want to run the football, I mean, right. when you got a Jonathan Taylor and an offensive line that they have, they yeah. want to run the football, and the other team knows that you want to run the football too. So occasionally yeah. they're going to get defensive guys in the backfield, you know, because right. they get paid too. You know, like you, that's one of your favorite words that you like saying. Uh, Everybody on that field gets paid uh, (laughs) to play this game. And sometimes they're going to make plays as well. And when that happens, and then again, again, when penalties are called and you get a stop Mm -hmm. and then you get a holding call and next thing you know, second down and 20 or something like that, you know, and that puts you in a really, really tough spot. And we've yeah. seen that a lot in the second half. Yes. So I mean, yes,
0: yeah, there was times where again, they're they're, they're drive stallers. You know, mm-hmm. uh, there was a point in the game where Jonathan Taylor, he, you know, he skated for thirty-two semi yards, and Reed gets a, a, a questionable holding call, which I thought it was. And um, you know, some of those things kind of happen, but it, it isn't a it isn't a pretty game when you're committed to running the football, and a part of it is imposing your will on the other team. And sometimes it's not going to be pretty, but it's all about the wear and tear. You know, can a guy withstand, you know, Quentin Nelson and and uh, our offensive line just for forty some odd plays, just attacking you, uh, not pass setting? That takes a toll on the defense. That takes a toll on the D line. And part of it is just that. You know, we want to you know impose your will, and the good teams are able to do that and stay committed to it. And clearly. Jonathan Taylor is having a monster, a monster year. I've read somewhere he has over, uh, what, seven straight games of over hundred plus scrimmage yards and a touchdown
1: and a touchdown so, yeah. and a
0: touchdown and, and I, I,
1: yeah, more players in NFL history have done that.
0: Yeah, it's amazing, and only <laughs> one has done it in the history of the the Colts organization. Yeah. So the guys playing. So if we know that, that's going to be the formula moving forward, and then we're able to on third down. We hit Michael Pittman Jr., who's been a, you know, surprise this year. You get T.Y. Hilton back. He was, you know, what to be expected. He hadn't really played a whole whole lot. He's coming off a concussion, but he was able, you know, we're getting some guys back. But uh, I think the Colts are in a good place. But, you know, this next, you know, the next four weeks of their their schedule is going to be testing. They're going to be tested, and it's going to show us a lot of who this football
1: team is. I' gonna back this up just a little bit because you just said mm-hmm. something right at the beginning of of, of this uh, mm-hmm. that uh, kind of catches me a little. You're a defensive player, DeQuell, mm-hmm. and you said that the yeah. holding call on Chris Reed was questionable. Yeah, I thought,
0: I thought, I thought it was questionable. I thought it was, que- <laughs> you know, because guy, you see that move all the time where defensive linemen they try to, he gets wrong and he got cut off. And I thought it was it wasn't egregious. That's the only reason I'm saying it wasn't a, it wasn't egregious because you can call holding, you know, like that's holding Every you hold play, until you get caught. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I, I didn't think it was, um, you know, uh, it was just a bad, bad time flag. And I, I didn't think it was egregious enough to warrant a penalty at that yeah. at that point. But, yeah, you're right. I was definitely I used to butter up the refs when I played. I knew who was the back judge. I knew who was watching my position, who was watching the offensive lineman? So, you know, uh, I would definitely get to know those guys and, and just, you know, if you don't talk crap to the, the, the refs and you, you know, you show some interest, they'll give you a call or two. You know, they may tell you to, to go to hell, but they may. Give you a
1: call or two. <laughs> oh, I got to get your opinion on something. DeQuell, Cassius Marsh. Did you see that?
0: No, which which play? Okay, talking?
1: the Chicago Bears guy who walked like three steps. Oh and yes,
0: yes, and yes. then
1: and then later yes. on when he walked by the ref, and the ref was like, "Hit,
0: yeah, whoop, yeah, 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 yeah." That, that so okay. So here's here's the thing, and and now in today's the way they call the game today, right? As a player, you make a great play, you're off the field. And that's even though I don't agree with it being a penalty, but the rules are the rules. You can't make a play and then walk towards the opposite sideline for like five or six yards. And then on top of that, you add insult to injury, you get into a hip checking contest with the ref on the way back to your sideline. So I thought it was egregious. And what was more egregious was his explanation after the game. It was like, dude, that's a that's a flag. In every sense of the word, you know how they're calling the game. And this year, there's an emphasis on taunting. There's an emphasis on it. Let me tell you a little secret, Lawrence. The great coaches, not only do you scout the opposing team, but you actually scout the refs that you're going to have. You know how many, you know, what are they, um, you know, like everyone has a tendency. Refs Mm -hmm. do as well. Well, one guy likes to call defensive P.I., one guy likes to call taunting, So you know that going into a game. And it's just the moment was too big for him. But I think it was just, listen, the spirit of it, the football player in me said, let it play. You just made a good play. Let it ride. But, you know, they have the emphasis on taunting this year, man. And the rules are the rules. I thought he was, you know, it was too much. It was a little the too The
1: walking much. into the ref thing uh, with the hip check situation, a lot of people want to, you know, throw it at the – I want I want people looking at it this way. He should never even walk near the ref. He right. already knew what was going on. He already knew how the mm. refs were going to react to things. He mm. should have never put himself in a situation like that. He yeah. he intentionally walked right next to. Well, that. Well,
0: see, thing, I, see, I you know? have a difference of opinion. I thought he was as he was turning around. This is momentum. Kind, it looked to me as if the ref kind of initiated yes the contact.
1: Yes, I, I like- agree with that. I think the Go ref ahead. did. I think yeah. the ref did initiate that hip check, but with the already getting right. hit with the, right. the, the 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 taunting call, right. he he already knew how these refs were handling things. He shouldn't yeah. have even been near the ref when he walked. I there's agree. a there's hundred yards there, you know, <laughs> that you can walk around this ref. You know, <laughs> leave the guy alone. Don't, yeah. don't, don't give them, you know, a chance to drop insult on the injury, you know? Yeah, what,
0: what was, what was fascinating about it was the, the flag after the hip check, now the flag comes out. And it was like. And he had his
1: hand on the flag before. It was like, he, he am was, I going to call it? Yeah, yeah. He was like
0: questioning whether or not I should make it, should I let it go? Did any of uh, it? And I think he was looking at, and I don't, I'm not, not a ref, never intended to be a ref, but I think he was looking for a reaction from the other team. If there would have been a bigger reaction, I think the flag would have been thrown a lot sooner. But the whole hip check thing and all that, he was like, you know what? It's time to throw it. But uh, that that was a, that was an interesting play. <laughs> that was a very interesting play. Definitely. Um, but it definitely cost his team. Yeah. cost his team.
1: Oh, definitely mm-hmm. cost his team. I mean, that that had a lot to do with as close as the game that was last week. Uh, let's get into a little bit of the defensive questions. Um, mm-hmm. we got mostly mostly the offensive questions out of the yeah, way. Yeah, do it. Um, D, that's just the name, D, mm-hmm. uh, says, uh, do you think that Isaiah Rogers could hold down the starting outside corner job with Rocky Sin uh, with the way that Rhodes has been playing? Because, you know, Rhodes yeah. hasn't been playing as well as of late. Do you think? Right. Right. Uh, to me, I think Rogers – Rock's been playing, in my opinion, solid all year. Same, yes. Solid football all year. Uh, Rogers started off a little rough. Right. I think the last couple of weeks he's looked pretty pretty good. Uh yeah. w- What are you thinking of, of this situation here?
0: Yeah, I, I've seen it. I've seen it before. You know, Rose isn't playing well. You know, whether well, he can't – he's not available. Uh, he's been banged up, and he's just not playing well and slowly – you have to start matricu- matriculating more playing time for everyone else, and you know Rhodes. I know they are committed; they play- paid him a healthy contract, but you know you have to do what's best for your football team. And right now, uh, he's not the answer. He, he, uh, you hate to say that, but he's just—he's just been too up and down. And we're—we're we're in week after week ten, you know, and after ten weeks of evaluating these guys in game, I do think. You know, Rogers could be the, the bigger, the, the better answer. But you have to also look at experience. You know, Rose has a ton of experience in big games. Uh, yeah, he, he could be going through a tough patch right now. We don't know what else is he's dealing with. But if you can get him playing an ounce of who, you know, who they thought he could be and who, how he could contribute to this team, you know, if this – if the Colts are able to, to win off a few of these games coming up and able to squeak into the playoffs, he's going to be a huge – I think Rose could be a huge bonus because he's played in so many meaningful games throughout his career. But you did, that, That to me, is a touch-and-go touch, touch and go situation. You have to evaluate where he is. You have to make sure you know Rose is mentally capable of dealing with that because there's been guys, Lawrence, in the league, if you mess with their playing time, if you start to go down that route, they're checked out. They're completely checked out. And a lot of guys can't sit back and watch another guy, you know, get all the shine. You know, selfishly, it's it's probably it could be problematic if you don't have a guy running that room that can um control that room, you know, because when you start playing with the, you know, start doing those type of things, uh, it could really uh be a catalyst. Uh it can be it can really, you know, set your your room back from a defensive standpoint in the secondary
1: man that that just seems like it's counterproductive in my opinion if mm-hmm. it, if, if it's putting you back that's going to keep you off the field even more right you know so right. especially in on Eberflusa's defense where you know he 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 keeps track right. of loafs. you know keeps right. track of, in practice and games so right you know
0: yeah yeah and it's all attitude right it's all you know if Loaf's attitude, something you can't teach, It's all if you want to. It's all want to. So, um, you know, this is this is a situation where if, if that's the case, then your your leaders on the defense uh, need to, you know, have a grown-man conversation, you know, either with Rhodes into the front office or the, the Eberflus. Like, hey, you know what? Um, I don't think this is working out. And all the guys feel, you know, it, it could go either way. It could go either way. But I've been in situations like that before where, you know, I've told guys, like, listen, we're out here busting our tails, and if you don't want to play, then you're not helping us. You're not helping yourself. So uh, not to say that that's, you know, the situation with Rose, but he just hadn't been playing well.
1: Yeah. Um It, it is what it is. I mean, he went through that yeah. same situation two years ago. with why he was let go from the Vikings. Right. Um Indy sports fan 65 asks, uh, what did the defense do differently this game than, than the week before against the jets and is it sustainable? And I want to say first and foremost, mm-hmm. that Jacksonville offense did not look good. It wasn't just the defense <laughs> playing well, right? Right. That Jacksonville right. offense was really bad. Lawrence was yes. overthrowing people, throwing off target all over the place. Now, some of that came from some pressure. I will give the Colts defensive front a little bit of credit there, but those Mm -hmm. are throws a lot of times that a starting quarterback, especially a franchise quarterback, is supposed to make.
0: Yeah, and I'll add another, you know, uh, stat to that. Well, look at Trevor Lawrence's completion percentage for the year. He's completing just over 50% of his passes. If if that's not the bottom, it's near the bottom Mm -hmm. of 32. He's ranked 30 out of 32 teams in QBR rating uh, or or, um, completion percentage. And, you know, to your point, yeah, the Colts made it difficult for him. But, you know, again, things can be a bit misleading when you're you're playing against a team that's really bad on third down. uh, That, you know, basically have 41 incompletions on third down, the most in the league. That ranked towards the bottom and third down conversion. So you knew all this going into the game. And, you know, it was still, again, early on, defense played pretty well. Second half, that lull happens or something happens where we stop, you know, playing pressure football. But at times, so towards the end of the game, when they needed to, we, we brought some pressure. But uh, again, you know, I know we're going to talk about it here shortly, but the true test is going to be these upcoming
1: weeks. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, Speaking of defense and pressure, uh, the past two weeks, we've seen a couple names pop up a little bit more than what we have as of recently. Quiddy Pay is starting to get to the quarterback finally. Yeah, He's not necessarily yeah. getting a bunch of sacks, but he's getting right. those pressures. He did get himself a half a sack with um, – force buckner it, in buckner. this game mm-hmm. and there was another guy who got himself a little something something in this game and i'm gonna be frank here because mm-hmm. you and i said dio odangbo probably won't get a lot of playing time early on yeah. Yeah. and he's been getting more playing time than i've expected and he's he's at times showing up and making plays on the defense.
0: Yeah, well that, that's what you want. I mean, listen, we don't we don't have that one guy who can just dominate and take over games. So a lot of sacks from the defense end has to be manufactured, you know, either through the the secondary, through linebackers and and now, you know, you have some guy you you mentioned, Quiti pay It all starts with getting back there first, you know, getting close. And you try to figure out a way to Okay, let's bring this thing home. Let, let's get the guys down on the ground. But I, I, I think this happens when you when you win games. Guys start to show up. Guys start to show up. It, it to me, the true test. And I always say this: Let's see if you can string it together. Let's build off of it. You know, you gotta. You can't just show flashes. But let's build. Let's get better. Um, so that that's what I would probably be looking at for the most part. And I know Kwidipay. He he del- He was in and out of the lineup during the course of the game because he he had a setback. You know, and um, we talked about it before. This is a part of the season where injuries start to creep up, those soft tissue nagging, you know, injuries start to plague you a bit. And now, you know, you're going into that second wave, that third quarter of the season, and you need all your guys healthy. And some guys are going to be, you know, find their second win. And hopefully the guys that you mentioned, Kuwaiti um and Dayo, can, can really, you know, spark this team defensively and, and just get into the passing. Cause God knows we can use it.
1: Oh, that no, no kidding. Um, we're going to need all the help we could get another guy that stepped up, uh, last couple of weeks, Taylor Stallworth, right. Uh, the mm-hmm. guy coming in filling in for Grover and, um, DeForest he's got himself a few sacks the last couple of weeks. So that's nice to see as well. Um, Absolutely. We need we need as much help as we can. Like, depth is so important on that defensive line because the way Ibraflus wants to do things is he wants to keep guys in and out, moving them right. around, keeping them fresh so right. that we don't have another situation like what we had against Baltimore when we're right. up 19 to nothing, basically, right. and our defense is too tired to keep up with anybody in the fourth quarter, and then we end up losing the game.
0: Right. That, that's just it. You're going to need all, all your guys like extremely healthy and not overworked throughout the course of the year, uh, throughout the course of practice that leads to the game. Because early on, that was the problem early on in the season. These guys were so – we had such high expectations for this defense, and we just weren't seeing it and for whatever reason whether offense wasn't scoring obviously injuries had a played a huge factor into that but once you once your defense is gassed it's hard to to as the season progresses it's hard to get those legs back and again this is the part of the season where things like that happen so if you can avoid if you can come up with a big play Uh, 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 whether there was there was an opportunity i believe uh there was opportunity for maybe two two picks during that game you know all these things are going to matter sacks are going to matter get your team off the off the field when i played the game lawrence it was dude that was a conversation with other veterans like hey man let's make a play so we can go sit our ass down on the bench you know because we understood this is going to be the long haul we got to play into the postseason if we can get a rest by playing doing what we had to do on first the third down hell. I was pissed when they converted on third down. And that's the attitude these guys got to have. Again, you know, um, it's going to come from everyone. It's got to come from everyone. Everyone has to contribute. Um, and you you hit a home run when you said depth matters right now for this
1: football team. Absolutely. Um, I, I think we're going to end up getting close to, to ending this. We'll come back later on in the week to break down the Buffalo game. Yep. That's coming up next week, but I just want to hit on it just a little bit beforehand. Mm-hmm. Oof. My goodness, that's gonna be a scary game. Uh, it, you think about Jacksonville, the team we just beat, right? Beat Buffalo mm-hmm. the week before, nine to mm-hmm. six. Nine but six. then they had a bounce back game against the team yeah. that we played the week before, the Jets, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. and
1: beat them pretty much the same way we beat them that week. You know, that was <laughs> right. 45 to 17 and Josh <laughs> Allen came out came out swinging in this game.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so. and we we talked about uh you know Xavier Rhodes and Rodgers. Well, a, they have a guy in Buffalo named Diggs and he had a monster game last mm-hmm. last week. So, uh we're we're definitely going to have our work cut out in that space. However, I do think this defense will come to play. I uh, I do think, you know, this is going to be the true test. I don't know what I think yet, because we've beaten the teams lately, recently, that we're supposed to beat. And we beat them how we thought, you know, the game would pretty much go. This is the true test now of what is your team like right now? Can they bounce back? We don't know. We don't know. So that's going to be uh, very interesting to dive into that and see, uh, you know, different matchups and and what's going on between these two teams.
1: Yeah, we got to remember the Colts are five and five. And have yet to beat a team that has more than three wins, right? Yes. So right, right. We we, we gotta we gotta step up and do something. Um, and this will be that time. This will be this is the time, man. Yes. Um, as usual, Believe in Colts is brought to you by Bet Online, and I think that we're gonna end it for today and come back later this week to discuss the Bills Colts game. Man, I appreciate you so much spending this time with me today. Uh, Is there any final final words you want to say before we get out of here?
0: No, not much, man. You know, the weather's changing here in in, uh, D.C. It's it's cold as hell outside. But all I can say is stay warm, uh, as warm as you can, because it is flu season and try to stay stay healthy. That's all I got.
1: (laughs) Definitely. It just snowed here yesterday for the first time, and it stuck. Mm. So, uh, Mm. all right. Well, thanks, everybody, for watching. Please don't forget to hit the like button. uh, Share this stream or the podcast. Make sure you download it. Check us out on YouTube. Check us out wherever you listen to podcasts. And until next time, I'm Lawrence Owen. That's Dequell Jackson. And as usual, go Colts.
0: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger.